Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Hello everyone and welcome once again to our online church platform. It's always a blessing to be together. I want to encourage everybody to please subscribe and also like our videos so that we're able to send that through to everyone who might need it and so that you don't miss any of the, the, the uploads that we have for you. It's a, a difficult time that we're facing still at the moment. As we've seen, the government has uh, lowered the number of people that are able to meet in the large meetings down to 50. So we're still meeting, but uh, a lot of people will probably be making use of this platform once again. And uh, yeah, by God's grace, we're still able to reach you and minister to you in, a, in the same powerful way, nonetheless. Uh, with regards to some of the announcements that we've had today, I just want to highlight once again the men's prayer that's coming up. Don't miss that. If you're uh, a man in our church, this is God's program to do something amazing in and among our men. And so don't miss out on that. And then we've also got the Discover Every Nation that we've had this past weekend, a tremendous time where people have been making their commitment to become members of the church and to actually take that step to say that I actually want to be fully committed to what God is doing here as well. And then with regards to the prayer camp that you saw uh, coming up uh, down, down the line, it's so important that you sign up so that we've got an indication of who uh, is interested in, in partaking in that. So please make sure that you register as soon as possible. And then we've got the Victory Encounter that's coming up as well, um, the Victory Weekend where people uh, deal with some of the, the areas of bondage and some of the areas where the enemy has, has, has been binding people in the sense of uh, addictions or different struggles that you've been facing. And that's the place where God really deals with those in a, in a very material way. We want to encourage you to please make sure that you sign up uh, for that as well. I just want to quickly uh, pray for different people that might be facing COVID-19 very uh, personally. You might actually be at home sitting with an infection or having a loved one in the hospital. And I just want to minister to us just for a short, brief moment on that before we go into our message. You know, the Word of God is not in chains. It is not bound. And the, the, the Scriptures tell us that God sends His Word, and by His Word, He ministers healing. And I just want to encourage us not to get into a place of fear and trepidation, but that we'll continue to understand that Jesus Christ is still on the throne we have preached messages concerning how to minister heal, healing to yourself and to others, even in the time, even as you might be taking medication of any sort. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just speak peace to every storm that might be facing people. And I pray, Lord, for healing in the areas where people are infected with COVID-19. I pray that no one in the name of Jesus in our church will die from this illness. In Jesus' name, I speak life to every family represented, Lord God, in our church. And I pray peace, Lord God, in every storm. I ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that our faith be stirred up, Lord, as we continue to keep up that shield of faith in believing you as our healer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so today we're starting with a new series, and uh, it's called God and Government. And uh, during the series, we will be dealing with what the Word of God has to say about the authority of God and how He uh, displays and reflects that in government 
how we are to re relate to government, how we are to pray for government, and then what God's expectation is, not only of us, but also of those who are in government. So the first week today we'll deal with the authority which comes from God, authority is from God. And then uh, next week we'll deal with order and blessing and how God's order always produces blessing in any sphere of life. And then the third week we'll deal with rebellion and activism and when it is that we are actually called to rise up even against government in the instances where things are done in a way that is contrary to God's word and how that operates so that we're not operating out of God's word or out of, out of conscience. And then on the fourth week, we'll talk about the calling into government and those that are specifically in government and realizing that God wants to use you and you must have a view that what you are busy with is much more than just a job and that it is a calling. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, that this morning you're going to speak to us through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, point number one, we're talking here about how authority is from God. All authority comes from God. And the word of God, we'll see just now, reveals that God is the author of all authority. And this is because of the first principle. The first principle is that God is sovereign. God is sovereign. Job chapter 12 verse 10 says, In his hands is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. And so when we understand that God is sovereign, we must realize that there is no one above God in terms of authority structures of everything that is everything that was, and everything that will be. This is an important concept for you to have. Whether you're a Christian or not, you must realize that this is the, the revelation from the Word of God, is that God is the ultimate. Now, in terms of um, uh, definition of sovereign, uh, we look at, uh, at um, the first one that says, it is one possessing or held to possess supreme political or other kind of power or sovereignty. Or secondly, one that exercises supreme authority within a limited sphere or within a certain territory. So sort of like a, a government or sort of like a, a, um, a president or a king. That's the sovereign over that territory. But the word in the adjective of, of, of sovereign, it, it actually denotes something which religious people tend to misunderstand. So sovereign does not mean that God is controlling everything of every moment, but it does mean that God is independent. He is free in his decision making. He is autonomous and is not subject to the control or rule of anyone else. So the, 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 idea that God is sovereign means that he, he operates independent from anyone else. He doesn't ask for anyone's permission or authority, or he doesn't, um, he doesn't have to check in with anyone concerning what he does. He is the ultimate sovereign. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 through to 18 says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, 
all things were created through him and for him. Verse 17, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Verse 18, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and in, that in everything he might be preeminent or first or sovereign. So the word of God clearly reflects to us, and this is speaking more about Jesus Christ, but we have God who is a trinity, meaning the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all of them in unison are sovereign. Sovereign over heaven and earth, over what's visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, all kinds of authorities and rulers, God is at the top. So very important that you understand that. And so I just want to touch once again, when we say God is sovereign, Many times people say, if God is sovereign, why is there so much evil in this world? We must understand that God's sovereignty doesn't mean that God controls everything all the time. So it doesn't mean that if your house got broken into, God actually sent someone and controlled them and led them to break into your house. Or if your, if your tire uh, burst on the road, it doesn't mean that God actually somehow orchestrated the breaking up of, or the destruction of your vehicle. That's not what it means. It means that God is in charge. Does he have the ability? Does he have the potential? Does he have the power to do that? Absolutely. But is God involved in every single act that is taking place on the planet and wherever else? No, not at all. In fact, in his sovereignty, he has made beings that have free will. He has created, he has created beings that operate on instinct that operate on design, that operate also out of their own sense of sovereignty as well. And so that's the first principle that we must understand. We're talking about God and government here and where authority comes from. And this is the principle. All authority comes from God and God is the ultimate authority. So that means whatever happens is in a sense permitted by God because of the fact that he sets things up, he sets the rules, and he sets the consequences that take place as a result of transgressions, but he's not involved in every single act that is taking place. So therefore, if, for instance, your, your, your spouse has an adulterous affair, it isn't because God now led them to do that. Or if the child commits suicide, it's not because God led them to do that. And there are many things that come into play because we have different beings that God has created, human beings, they are angels, they are spiritual beings that are part of this created order. But God is above all of them, and they all have to give an account to him. So point number one is that God is sovereign. Number two, God delegates authority. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 is the account of the creation. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. 
and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over everything. And so God then creates mankind. He places them in charge of the earth. That doesn't mean that God abdicated his authority. He delegated his authority to mankind. And that is seen by the fact that he asked them to give an account when they transgress in uh, contrary to what God has given them. So the earth God has given to mankind. The authorities that are operating in the earth right now are delegated authorities under the ultimate authority of God. But we must understand that these individuals that are operating in the authority that was delegated by God are not operating in, an, in a sense where they will not be held account for what they are doing. Even to the point of the individual life of every man and every woman, the decisions that you make, as much as you feel like, no, I'm free, I'm doing whatever I like, I'm doing whatever I need to do, everything that you do has a consequence and you will be held account for it. You'll be held accountable for it. John chapter 19, verse 10, under the point that God delegates authority. And this is the account where Jesus is before Pontius Pilate on, during his process of his trial, before he gets crucified. And so Pontius Pilate is having this discussion. Now, Pontius Pilate is prefect over the region of Judea under Roman rule, under the Roman Empire. All right. And so Pontius Pilate is trying to speak to Jesus. And then he says this in verse 10. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said, don't you realize I have power or authority either to free you or to crucify you? Look at Jesus's response. And this is the son of God. This is God in authority over all. And he says this. You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. These are the words of Jesus Christ saying to Pontius Pilate, the only authority that you have is that which was delegated to you and given to you from above. And then he says, therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. Speaking of the religious leaders of the Sanhedrin. And then verse 12 from then on, look here, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jewish leaders kept shouting, if you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. And uh, Caesar was obviously the empire, emperor at the time. And so the religious leaders were saying, this man, Jesus Christ, claims to be king, and he's going against the authority of the emperor. And yet Pilate recognized what Jesus said, that the authority that is given on earth is actually emanated and, uh, and delegated from, from God above. Romans verse, uh, chapter 13, verse 1. Now, this is a scripture that gives us very much an idea of how we are to relate to governing authorities because authorities come from God. And you will see now from the scripture how it lays it out from verse 1, Romans 13. It says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. Very important. The authorities that exist have been established by God. 
Consequently, or therefore, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Verse 3, for rulers or governors hold no terror or fear for those who do right, but for those who do wrong, they don't have any terror or, 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 or fear for those who do right, but for those who do wrong, excuse me. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority of the government? Then do what is right and you will be commended. And you'll see here how God is also actually lining out how governments are to relate, how governments are to operate. Verse 4, for the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. There must be consequences for those who do wrong. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. So there are a couple of things that are coming through here. Firstly, is that we are to be subject to God's authority established on the earth through governments. And that we are to do so, so that there is not a, a, a negative consequence in our lives. And he says that these governments are not supposed to bring terror and are not supposed to bring fear on those who do right and those who do good, but rather on those who do evil. And this is where the issue is, because many times earthly governments step over their authority and they are out of line when they begin to terrorize their citizens in a way that is contrary to God's word. And there's going to be consequences for that, as we will see down the line. But it's important for us as individuals. In Namibia, for instance, we live in a country that definitely has tremendous liberty and tremendous uh, uh, blessing in the area of governance so far. We have definitely seen some corruption here and there. But generally speaking, you can walk down the road and not be afraid that the army is going to be arresting or harassing you for any arbitrary reason. And that is God's idea. He wants a society that is not built on anarchy or disorder, but that is built on order and that reflects the authority from heaven. So the first principle is that God is sovereign. Number two is that God delegates his authority. And then number three, it's important that you understand that God expects accountability. Now, I just want us to touch quickly on the previous principle that we, we must realize that this authority has also been delegated to the church. Matthew 28, verse 18. It says, this is after Jesus is raised from the dead. He said, and, and then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And so Jesus, look at his statement, all authority, where? In heaven and on earth has been given to you, has been given to Jesus, has been given to Jesus Christ. So we must understand that this is a, a confirmation 
that Jesus Christ is Lord in heaven and on earth, regardless of who's in government. And that's why everyone that's in government must recognize where their authority ultimately comes from and where their authority will go to. And there are different forms of government that many times uh, people question to say, how can a dictatorship be from, from, from God? How can a monarchy be from God? How can a theocracy or Sharia law be from God? How can um, uh, 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 different forms of government established be from God? All of that are forms and expressions of government, but the authority to rule and to set order and accountability definitely comes from God. And there's many sayings about how it's important that we have a government by the people and for the people. And all of that structure is all reflective of how societies have developed over many centuries. But the bottom line is any society that doesn't recognize the deity or, or the authority coming from Jesus, coming from God above that nation has already an opened an, a door for a different kind of spirit to influence that form of government. And it's just a matter of time before oppression begins to rule in that nation. Okay, and then thirdly, God expects accountability. Romans 14 Verse 9, it says, For this very reason Christ died and returned to life, so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. Verse 10, You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. As it is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, Every knee will bow before me, and every tongue will acknowledge God. Very clearly, we understand that God will expect accountability from every single human being. And if you have been in government, it is important that you recognize that you will answer. You will answer. You will answer for the way in which you led, the way in which you ruled. You will answer. Not only will governments answer, individuals will answer for the way in which they lived. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. It says, I urge then, therefore, first, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. So very important that you understand here that this is how we are to respond in light of the accountability expected of God, from uh, expected of people towards God in relation to the way that they live. God expects us to submit to authority, yes, but he also expects us to pray for those in authority. And Monday nights, we usually have a list of petitions that we bring before God in praying, praying, praying for our government, praying for the president, praying for different leaders. And you might say, Pastor, are you saying then that even in the time of Joseph Stalin that was um, uh, uh, destroying people's lives in the, in the Soviet Union or, or the Hitlers of this world, the Mussolinis, uh, the dictators of this world, the, the Pol Pots and, and, and the Idi Amins, 
Are you saying that they were also uh, ordained by God as leaders on this earth? Were the people under those governments supposed to submit to those governments? Well, we'll deal more specifically on this in the third week when we talk about activism and rebellion. But it's important that you understand there must be a sense of respect and honor that you have for the office of the president, for the office of the king or monarch of the emperor. It is important that you pay taxes that you make your contribution in society and that you have a respect for these individuals. But it doesn't mean that everything that they do is ordained and endorsed by God. And those are the times when we, are, we ought as the church to pray and we ought to engage government and speak directly to them with a prophetic voice that says, that said the spirit of the Lord, this is out of line. And there are many things that are happening in our nation right now, lots of legislation on its way that people are ushering in that is contrary uh, to God's will and God's word. And governments are supposed to recognize that they are to operate under the fear of God as they rule. And because they will give an account to God, they must realize that whatever they pass should not be just in the fear of man, but should be towards the fear of God in the benefit of people. And so over the next four weeks, we will be dealing with this matter in a very, very, very uh, comprehensive way. I want to encourage each one of you um, some, some of you might not have voted for the president. You might not have voted for the current government. It doesn't change the fact that authority comes from God. God is not a God of this order. We'll speak about that next week. But it's important that you understand that God explicitly ushers in authority and he delegates his authority so that there can be a, an environment of, of order, so that there can be an environment of peace. And in that context is where families and society begins to flourish and be blessed. And so it's very important that we understand this. And I want to urge each one of us, as the Word of God is speaking to us, set aside your own personal beliefs, set aside your own ideas, let the Word of God begin to order your, your life. Some of you, you might have an issue with the way that the government is running the nation, but you yourself don't even run your life in an in a, in a orderly way. And God is speaking about the governance and the importance of authority, not only coming and stopping at the state house, but coming all the way and stopping at your house. How are you implementing God's government in your heart? How are you following his commandments in your family? How are you laying down your life and following God's way and God's will in your life? And so today we're going to take some time to have communion. I want to ask you to just gather your, your elements today and, and, and get together your, your, your bread and wine. And uh, the communion is something that we do not religiously, but it symbolizes the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the atoning sacrifice that he has made, the authority that is brought in through the covenant that Jesus brought in the New Testament over the whole earth. It's a recognition of the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's get our elements together right now as we prepare for communion. So Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. He said, 
whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So when we take the communion, we are reminded of the Lord Jesus Christ, our living Jesus. He is not dead. This is a living body that we are partaking of. And I want to speak specifically for those who are struggling in their health. The communion brings life to your body, not only to your spirit and your soul. Let's partake of the communion. Let's partake of the bread. It says, by his stripes, we were healed. And then he also took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, shed for the forgiveness of sins. And this is not just a spiritual act in the sense that it's uh, philosophical. No, this is a reality that sins can be washed away. Your life can be transformed. No matter what sin issue, what addiction you might be facing, don't put your faith in your own efforts, your, 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 your willpower, your, your self-discipline. Put your effort, put your faith in the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be set free. Let's partake of the bread. Thank you, Lord. Father, we pray for healing right now. I see someone, you're struggling with COVID. And God is touching you right now. In the name of Jesus, be healed. And someone else, you have this pain here in the back, in the back of your ear. It's like a piercing pain, like, like a throbbing pain. God is healing you of that pain right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. I see a lady with pain here in the back. I see someone else. It's like you are struggling. There's like a goiter forming or something wrong here in your thyroid gland. And God is healing you of that right now, even as we are partaking of the communion. I see someone else, you are struggling with your right knee, pain in the right knee. God is restoring your knee right there. I see someone else, you get these piercing pains here in the side of your body. And God is healing you of those pains. Put your hand right there and receive your healing. I see someone else, you, you have a problem whenever you are chewing your food. It's like there's a sensitivity in your gums. You've already gone to buy all the different toothpaste and stuff like that. It's not making a difference. God is healing you of that condition today in the name of Jesus. And then he took the cup and he, and, and he said, this is for the forgiveness of sins. Everyone with an addiction, everyone with continual sin issues. Put your faith in the blood of Jesus that cleanses you. I also see a family. God is protecting you. I, it's like you almost had a car accident uh, this, this, uh, recently. And it was only the blood of Jesus that is ruling as a protective element in your lives. As we are partaking today of this communion, you'll be reminded of the goodness of the Lord. Father, we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for your powerful word. It's going to speak to us over the next few weeks on government and authority. We thank you, Lord, for the good things that you're doing in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you, we recognize your lordship over our lives. We declare it today. You are the, uh, the ruling sovereign and authority over our lives, Lord God. 
and we receive you as that. Father God, take charge in every area of our lives. And we pray for our government today. We ask, Lord, that you, Father God, will begin to influence, Father God, every sphere of our government as we pray for them. We pray a blessing over the president, a blessing over the ministers, a blessing, Father God, over all three branches of government, Lord God. The, 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 the men and women who are called in that place, Lord God, that you are using. I pray in the name of Jesus for your impact and influence, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So may you have a wonderful, wonderful, blessed, blessed week. And we will see you soon. Don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.